0: Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders, and I love conversations, whether it's with local pastors, artists, filmmakers, authors, random people from the community, any opportunity to sip a cup of coffee and have a good conversation. So sit back and relax. For more conversations like this one, you can visit our website, thepulse.mn, or you can tune in weekdays from 2 to 6 Central. At 104.3 The Pulse in central Minnesota or online at thepulse.mn. You are listening to 104.3 The Pulse. My name is Dave, and we love having the experts on the air with us. And this is a voice (laughs) that you're probably familiar with because one of the features here on The Pulse is parenting today's teens. We'd like to welcome uh, Mark Rexton on the air with us today. How you doing?
1: Hey, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. I um, I love being on your station, I, and I love the idea of pulse. Just the word pulse. That you guys have the pulse of your people, and, and I'm sure hopefully we have the pulse of teens that we can share concepts and, and ideas with parents.
0: Well, you know, as parents, we need all the help that we can get, right? We want to yeah. set our kids up for success. We want them to grow into healthy People that that serve the kingdom and and love Jesus, and so we need help.
1: Yeah, you know what? And I, and I think even if they don't serve the kingdom, okay, I, and I say that not that that's not what I want. That is what I want for kids. But you and I know that some kids just aren't there yet. They, I mean, spiritually, they're they're they just haven't, you know, developed in that way yet. And I kind of hesitating a little bit in the movement toward the church and. A relationship with Christ, and it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It means that it may be postponed a little bit, and I think that's because we just don't see kids being as mature as they used to be. I mean, the average age of, uh, as the American Medical Association has said now that the, that the average age of of uh, adolescence uh, goes all the way up to age twenty seven, and so kids are postponing a lot of the decision making the important decisions in life to a later time. And I say that because my encouragement to parents is, hang in there. You're going to be okay. Your child's going to be okay. They're going to come around. And it's the example that you set before your child that's going to make all the difference in the world, um, really, as to as to how they interpret Scripture and how they look at it and how they see it fleshed out in your family's life. That's what's going to attract them to the gospel.
0: If we aren't modeling it, how are we expecting them to pick up on it?
1: Well, we get this idea that I I just need to say more stuff. And I go, no, you don't. When when a kid uh, gets into the teen years, they are bombarded with information so much that, I mean, they are, I mean, pounded by it continually. And And I always compare it to this. When I grew up, there were three channels on TV. Now I have over a thousand channels. There used to be just one way to listen to music, and that was on a little transistor radio. And now there are literally hundreds of ways to listen to music. And so our kids are being bombarded continually. My greatest fear is that kids start to interpret. Scripture is nothing but a bunch of information. But there's so much information out there that we get the tendency that if we just tell them more about the gospel, they'll come around quicker. And I go, our kids are drowning in information, but they're starving for wisdom. And wisdom is usually displayed... At times, where it's a little quieter, like Scripture says, even the even the wise one keeps his mouth shut. You know, uh, uh, Scripture says that a fool delights in airing their opinions. I go. I think what happens is parents underestimate the effect of their actions and their example and the model they set before their kids, and they get the idea that, well, I just need to talk more into their lives. And I'm going, no, you don't. You don't need to talk more into their life. What you need to be doing is engaging with them in such a way that they can see Christ lived out in your life. That's what becomes important.
0: Mark, tell me, how did you kind of develop this passion for this topic, and how did you, I mean, tell us a little bit of your, about your story.
1: I was 19. I went to the University of Arkansas to swim competitively, and I quit. I came back to Tulsa University, and my wife and I dated all through high school. And so she came back from Baylor. I came back from Arkansas. went to Tulsa University, and somebody walked up to us and said, hey, would you like to lead a Young Life Club? And Young Life, is just an outreach to kids. And I said, well, sure. And so we got involved in that. And and within two weeks of us starting this club, and we ended up having God, at least 70, 80 kids come to our meetings all the time. This man met me when I was leaving, and he had come to pick up his son. He said, I'm struggling with my son. I don't know what to do. And I Looked at him, I go, well, me neither. I mean, the kid's only two years younger than I am, but why don't you let him come live with me? That's really where it started. I have always had kids living with us all through college, and so we led Young Life Clubs. I took a job at a church, and I was there for seven years as a youth pastor, and golly, we had four or 500 kids in our youth group, and and I I just got consumed with, with helping kids then had this idea that uh, there's so many families out there that are struggling, and I want to be effective in their lives. And it, you know, it it just ended up that we've learned a lot from these kids, and we've learned a lot about families, and we've learned a lot about how to integrate Scripture into the principles that a, a family adapts. And so we do that through radio programs, or I write books, or uh, spend a couple of nights on the road speaking around the country. And, and that's really it.
0: Well, thank you for your uh, your faithfulness and helping lots and lots and lots and lots of families. There's all these parents that they don't want to do a bad job. <laughs> they don't want to yeah. drop the ball here. They don't want to make mistakes. But, you know, sometimes it's, I don't have the tools. I don't have the insight. And so you need people to come alongside you and, and point in the right direction and help equip you.
1: Well, you know, I, I think parents probably, you know, overestimate the effectiveness of their skills. But they also underestimate, truly underestimate, the effect that this culture is having on kids. And, and I'm not an um, anti-world kind of guy. I'm, I'm not that. I, you know, I believe you can either raise your kids to live in a zoo or you can prepare them to survive in the jungle. And our kids want to be prepared to live uh, in this world. And what they desire more than anything else is to take the very biblical principles and standards they've been raised with and apply it to the world that they're living in so they can be successful. I mean it's more than just learning how to worship or, you know, memorizing scripture or it it it's a lifestyle that can only be shown by example that really brings the wisdom out of scripture but it brings life to the words that they've been taught all of their lives and and, uh, and I I think kids long for that. I but parents have got to shift their parenting style to accommodate the new needs of these kids and then at the same time, you know, try to engage in as many different ways as possible to reach them, um, to remain engaged with them.
0: Okay, so speaking of engage, you use that word a few times. You have a conference coming up that I want to let parents know about, the Engage Conference.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's a, uh, an event that is on the 22nd of April, and and um, uh, I'm doing it with a good friend named Kirk Cameron. And, and Kirk and I met a number of years ago, and, and we just kind of hit it off. We don't see things. Uh, I, I, we're not eye-to-eye on everything, which makes for great discussions and great question-and-answer times. And so it's all designed to help parents uh, get some new tools for their parenting toolbox. And um, and so it's a it'll be a six hour event. Uh, people can join us and find out more about it at engage23.com and uh, you can register there and, but it will be a I mean a lot of churches are carrying around the country but you can also register as just an individual as well and uh, or as a small group and and watch this and it, it's five. It'll be five or six hours that are dedicated to giving you some tools to counter the effects of this culture and to engage with your child at the time that they need you the most.
0: What are some of the names of the sessions, or what are some of the topics?
1: Well, yeah, you know, I, I think one of them is just understanding what's going on in the culture and how it's affecting our kids. People go, oh, I know, I understand what's going on. I go, no, I don't think you do. I don't think, I don't think most people understand the pressures that our kids are under. And how what we need to do to counter that? Because the tendency is, well, you just need to you just need to eat more of this or eat more of that. And I go, no, that's not that's not it. There's some other things that that would help parents understand how social media, how uh, the comparison theology that happens with kids, the exposure that they have to alternative lifestyles and different things throughout you know throughout their whole life at this point how that's impacting them and and just say, okay, here's some ways that you can make sure that you're making a connection with your child. The tendency is most of us spend a lot of our time correcting our kids when we need to spend more time connecting with our kids. And this becomes especially important at a time that they don't really have the relationships um, with their peers. They don't have the depth of relationships that you and I had when we were growing up. And so the understanding of the impact of this culture becomes important, not so that we can badmouth the culture, but so that we can be better prepared to say, okay, now how do I approach my child in such a way that prepares them for that world but strengthens the relationship that you have with them? And so that's one of the sessions. Uh, another session will be this, and I, I talk about it all the time, It's switching your parenting style from a, from a teaching model to a training model so that we're preparing kids, but we're also giving kids what they want rather than just kind of going, okay, I'm just going to keep teaching, teaching, teaching. At some point, we've got to transfer concepts and say, okay, now you make decisions. Now you take responsibility. Now it, it's, like, it's like I can tell anybody about a vacuum cleaner. I mean, I can tell you how it works, why we use it, everything else. But until I put that vacuum cleaner in the hands of a child and say, now you go vacuum, until I do that and train them, they're never going to embrace what I'm trying to teach them. And that's just a simple, that's a simple idea that's probably a little bit harder to engage um, you know, with your kiddos. And So we'll spend a lot of time talking about that as well.
0: Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders on The Pulse Podcast Network. Here at The Pulse, we are passionate about music with a message for Central Minnesota. We want to cultivate within each listener a deeper desire to know and follow Jesus Christ. You can listen to us anytime online at thepulse.mn or at 104.3 The Pulse if you live in Central Minnesota. Now let's dive back into the conversation. Engage Conference is coming up again, you said, April 22nd? Correct. April 22nd, Correct. and people can find information at?
1: Engage23.com. And, and then Kirk and I will have a, a question and answer time. I don't know how that's going to go. I, I, <laughs> I just know. I don't. I mean, it's always a little bit different because we always kind of take off on each other. But it's a question and answer time that, that really kind of talking about the challenges that parents face. And he's got five kids, and, and I live with 60 kids. And so it's not like we're coming into this with just a philosophy on our shoulders that we want to share with people. I mean, we actually have to live it out. And, and so it's basically sharing with people, this is what works, and this is what doesn't work. And I'm just one of those guys that I never tell people they're wrong. Um, matter of fact, there's only one time that I tell them they're wrong. And that's if they feel like what made them successful in the preteen years will make them successful with their kids in the teen years, they're wrong. That's the only time that I tell people they're wrong. You've got to switch gears. You've got to switch the style so that you can remain engaged with your kids.
0: Well, see, I'm struggling even in the pre-teed phase, so I i don't know how I'm going <laughs> to... My, my oldest is, is right on the cusp. She's uh, uh 11, and yeah. it's amazing just... How, you know, her personality and her, I don't know, her communication. Every She's, she's just changed a lot, even in the last two, mm-hmm. three years. No yeah. idea who she's going to end up being in, by the time she's 13, 14, 15.
1: Oh, I know. You know, if I had a nickel for every time that a parent has told me my child walked upstairs, one person and came down the next morning, a completely different person, I'd be a very rich man. I mean, you begin you to see how it changes quickly. And, and it's because their social circles are expanding. And, and if you don't remain engaged, they'll replace you. I, that's what I say to grandparents all the time. Oof. I mean, grandparents are one of the first lines of defense, basically, that are going to be sloughed off when a child's you know, social circles begin to expand. And, and unless a grandparent is saying, I'm going to remain engaged with this child and shift the way that I'm grandparenting even to become so relational that this child feels encouragement, that, that they, they feel like they're loved, they feel like that they can come to me for wisdom anytime they want with the biggest ears in the world to listen to their hearts. That's what a grandparent needs to be doing to remain engaged. If a grandparent would just do this, just listen. If they would just listen. And, and, and the reason is, because nobody's listening to kids anymore. And I mean, so I mean, they're so busy spending time communicating social networking sites and you know, playing games and watching movies and doing videos that we're missing out on the opportunity to have an influence. And it's not so much projecting our program on them as much as it is hearing about their life and then us figuring out how we can engage with them in a different way so that we become valuable to to them uh, so that they embrace us a lot more than
0: we're embracing them. So you're talking about listening and engaging. I think that the 15 minutes that I'm driving uh, with my daughter to school is more, there is more conversation, there's more depth of relationship that happens there than in yeah. the hours that happen after school. Or whatever. There's something about me being disconnected from other things and her being disconnected from other things that we're so we're stuck with each other for a few minutes. And that's when some of those, oh, I didn't know you were going through this at school. It's the first time I've heard about it. Yeah.
1: And I think it's asking questions that kind of pull that out a little bit, not, not with a sense of interrogation. But I think, you know, we as parents in the preteen years spend all of our time giving answers. And what we need to be doing during the teen years is asking questions and just listening. No, I, I mean, it, it's like this. I I don't share my opinion unless somebody asks. I, I mean, and so if a kid comes up to me they goes, can I ask you a question? I go, well, you already have, but you can do another one. You know, and, and they say, well, what do you think about this? Most of the time I say, you know, I don't know. I need to think about that. Because the minute that I give them an answer is the minute they quit searching for their own answers. Mm-hmm. And I want them to be responsible in their life to find out the things that they need to find out. And I, I want to be there, and, and I don't fluff them off and say, no, don't ever ask me a question. I'm not going to give you an answer. But I always answer them in such a way that keeps them thinking about their life, that thinks about the implications of their choices, and gets them to, to make decisions and become responsible for their life. And I think that's an important, it's an important shift in the way that we parent our kids to empower them to say, you're in control now, not me you need to be responsible not me you need to make good decisions i'm not going to make them for you you need to be asking questions about life and figuring out some things that that are important for you to figure out i mean i can figure them all out for you cuz i have all the right answers <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't help a child get to a good place i mean and and so i think we become very condemning of of anything that they're doing whether they're too much time watching movies and everything else. And I go, you know, what's happening is our our kids are being entertained because sometimes they're bored with us. And I've got to ask the question all the time. Why is that phone? Why is that phone more exciting for you than a conversation with me? And I think you, you get the nail on the head, uh, Dave, that, that, that it's because we get so consumed with other things that it, it takes a 15 minute car ride for us to have some seclusion and some time together, and that's wonderful. I mean, most families don't do that. Most most families drive their kids to school and they've got earbuds in or they're listening to something else or they're talking on the phone, and they don't spend time just listening to their child. And I, I think if we just learn to listen, we could change the destiny of our family.
0: One of my favorite things is is car rides with the kids. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll, one of the things we do, we go around and we visit all the little free libraries in the neighborhood and we'll drop off books and we'll take books and we'll just spend like an hour and a half on a Saturday just cruising. And the other is when we go for walks with the dogs and they're not bringing their cell phone. They're not, you know, they don't have their earbuds in. It's just us and the dogs and the trail and that's it.
1: Well, you know, and and that's very wise. I mean, it's almost like we've allowed kids to be consumed with their phones. I I mean, we're not going to get rid of phones, we're not gonna get rid of the internet. It's always gonna be there. We're, you know, now there's an unlimited amount of movies, there's an unlimited amount of TV. There's, a, I mean, it, we're never gonna get rid of that stuff. But what we can do as a parent is to create some cell-free zones in our house. Perhaps that's the dinner table. Perhaps that's the living room where we gather. Perhaps that's when we watch TV, we watch it together. Then there's other times that we just play games on an iPad or do something different. Or we set up times that they're self-free zones or self-free times in those times when we go walk the dog and somebody says, well, I don't have a dog. And I go, well, then you need to go buy one. Then (laughs) There's plenty of them at the rescue that you can rescue because that dog may be your salvation with your child. It may be the opportunity for your child to care for somebody else. But if it provides you time to make a connection, that's what you want more than anything else. And this is where parents underestimate themselves. I mean, if, if you really knew, if you really knew the impact you're having on your daughter by taking her on a walk with the dog and walking through the woods or driving to school, if you knew the full impact of that, you would drive twice as much and you'd have 20 dogs at your house. I mean, it means so much to kids to be connected with an adult. and And it's not the type of connection just so that I can push my program on them, it's where I can listen to them and make a connection and let them know I care for you, I love you, I want to hear your heart, not to interrogate you, but I want to hear your heart and and I just want to be there for you. And when you position yourself in that way, then, then, then they seek you out for wisdom. And where does wisdom come from? It comes from your own observation, it comes from the reflection that you have on life, and it comes from the experiences that that you've gathered through life, and you start to share what you've learned, rather than always feeling like, wow, we got to memorize this scripture, and we got to memorize this. And I'm all for scripture memory. Most people know that I was the Oklahoma Bible quiz champ in 1969. I've, I've memorized scripture all my life, and I love it, And and I've always done that. But, you know, that doesn't make for a relationship. It makes for a better relationship. But I've got to make the connection so that Scripture can come out in a relationship, in a normal relationship, that it just it flows from the person that Christ has made me that will hopefully influence the child. It's like giving them a, a, a taste of water where they'll never thirst. It's, it's like giving them a, a living example where the Word becomes flesh and dwells among them. That is what I'm longing for as a parent during the teen years because they need it desperately. And, and we, we are the ones that are going to give them a taste of what a real relationship is. And nobody else is going to be able to do that.
0: Well, Mark, thank you so much. For, for sharing I know I'm encouraged and I know our listeners are encouraged and uh, check out this engage conference again want to give that people that website again It's engage23.com and that is April 22nd. If they can't do the 22nd it's on demand as well
1: It will be and, and let me give you another course too that I think that might be helpful to people. It's a free course you can go online and get it It's called uh, a family crisis course.com. And, and go and, and just watch it. If you're experiencing difficulty or hardship or struggling within your family or anything, it's a it's a free course. I think it's a four-hour course, but it's free for you. And and But it's FamilyCrisisCourse.com. And hopefully, I, you know, my intent is to say, how do we get as many resources as possible to help parents in all the different ways that we can?
0: Parents, whether it's going smooth or not so smooth, you can do it.
1: Cool.
0: Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. You bet. Thanks for listening to Dave Wonders. You can find more episodes of Dave Wonders on the website, thepulse.mn, or any place you get your podcasts.